Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 306 of Sap King's Therapy. Uh, in this episode, we will be going through, well, two and a half uh, prospects. And then, of course, we'll jump over to the uh, NBA Finals. And then we will finish up with some miscellaneous news involving the Kings and not involving the Kings. All right, without further ado, uh, here's my partner in crime, Fong. Hello. All right, so... You know what, let's just jump into it. No real uh, banter and me going off on tangents. Let's just go straight into business. So uh, we originally pr uh, prepared three candidates. Uh, Tristan Tristan Vucevic, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Jet Howard and uh, Jaime Jaquez or Jamie Jaquez, how, however, you want to however you want to pronounce that. Um, the reason why it's two and a half is because I... Picked out Tristan Vucevic because I saw him on the Rainer draft guide. He was ranked 35th, and I thought he was intriguing because he is, he is a, what, six, he's 6'11 with a 7'3 wingspan. That was the reason why I really thought he was interesting. I go to search him up, do some research. Vecini has him ranked, let's see, 58th. So he is most likely going to be a deep second rounder, and Ringer again has him ranked 35th. Basically, he's a second rounder. We're just not going to spend too much time on second rounders. The kind of gist of this player is that he's a big guy. He can shoot. He's he doesn't. It's not a great percentage, but he does have shooting touch. And his defense is, you know, he's a very slow center, and you know, is not very strong despite being six eleven. And uh, he's a bit soft around the rim, but otherwise, he can really shoot. Uh, anything else you want to add to this, uh, Mister Tristan? Yeah, I mean, playing for Real Madrid, um, he had a pretty, like, very small sample size, I gotta say. Like, he played very limited minutes for my liking. If I remember correctly, I think his uh, current season or, you know, the uh, season that he just played was averaging maybe 11, 12 minutes a game, which I would say isn't much, especially uh, for him. So he must be a really solidified role player from what I could tell. But yeah, you're right about when it comes to not much touch around the rim because he's pretty, I want to say grounded, but he sticks around the perimeter a lot of times. And um, yeah, he's more of a shooter and driver from the perimeter rather than, you know, sticking around the paint. Yeah, like he he's a bit soft. Like I, I don't I, I don't use that word as like just as a disrespectful thing. He's just not a guy that seeks out contact and shies away from contact. But damn, like this dude can shoot. Like there were there were some if you watch the combine highlights, like there were some shots that were pretty ridiculous. There was like this one 10 footer that he arced like to the fucking ceiling. He's got shooting touch, but He's going to be a project, and that's kind of why he's ranked really low. And, you know, plus with, like, just his defensive shortcomings, it's going to take a few years. Yeah, I got to say, probably right after the Combine, I think his draft stock uh, shot up because I pretty much before that, it, I mean, he's he's shown some real good touch. Of course, like you said, shooting, uh, some post-ups, and uh, some good, like, I guess uh, finishes in some ways, but it's just the sample size is way too small for uh, anyone to take a risk. I'd say for uh, 
like a larger pick and uh, some of the weaknesses I'd say is definitely leaning towards the defense though in real Madrid he has shown real good flashes it's just yeah he's pretty slow <laughs> yeah again just not a guy you you would even remotely consider at 24 and like it'd be it'd be even a reach to take him at 38 I'll put it that way like it, I'll be shocked if he's actually drafted by like 54 honestly but he's a he he would be interesting if, if the Kings drafted him 54 like theoretically he would be what the Kings would need a big that can shoot and maybe protect the rim I don't know if he can protect the rim he hasn't shown much of it but you know it's just the the physical profile is intriguing to me and again, because of just the shortcomings and how much of a project he is, he's just not a guy we're going to go over much. Yeah, I've noticed a few guys wanting to pick him up um, at 38. I think that's what we have. Yeah, uh, at 38, which I mean, I feel like there's better no, options. No, <laughs> basically where, where yeah. I'm at with that. Look, take him, take him with a second, second round pick of anything. Do not take him at thirty eight. There, there's just better guys. Uh, hopefully, there's better options. Mm-hmm. So yeah, th- that's pretty much really it about him. I don't know what else to talk about him. Well, and that's why we decided to keep it short. Look, this is not a kind of dig at the guy. It's just he's just going to be a project, and it's just not a guy I'm anything interested in in the first round. Mm-hmm. so you know like that's basically the gist of it a big guy that can shoot and theoretically has the physical profile to be a stretch four stretch five down the line but that's a long ways away so okay well let's move on to the meat and potatoes then the guys we actually did do extensive research on uh jet howard and jaime Hawkes. Let, let's start with uh jet howard uh six eight wing from uh i fuck me i did not pull it up uh, he's from Michigan. Uh, do you have his stats up? <laughs> no, sadly. I what don't. the hell are you here for? Let me let me pull I, it up. I'm not gonna lie. I I uh, researched these guys like very early on in the week because you know when I saw that we were gonna look at Tristan, I was like, uh, I couldn't find much <laughs> other than like uh, having to dig a little around for him. But yeah, so it's a little little uh a little off <laughs> with the next two guys well, anyways I I decided to pull him up while you were talking because I wasn't listening <laughs> you know <laughs> anyways uh yeah Jet Howard uh played for the Michigan Wolverines six eight forward he does not he did not measure it in at the combine so we don't have a official measurement of his wingspan but he does seem to be relatively long probably around like a six eight six nine wingspan uh 14 points per game uh, 2.8 rebounds, two assists, uh, shot 41% from the field, but did shoot 36.8% from three, 80% from the free throw line, and 1.3 turnovers a game, um, and 0.4 steals, 0.7 blocks. So not crazy impressive stats, but the main thing with him, the main thing that makes him very interesting, specifically for the Kings as well, this dude can shoot. Yeah, definitely. Like, he has a large arsenal of shots he can make <laughs> whether it's off the dribble uh i mean uh, catch and shoots i mean he he pretty much has it all inside outside he'll shoot anywhere and he's and so he he's of course you know your traditional uh spot up guy he's great at that uh shot 
38.6% on Kenji shoot. Not exactly elite, but he did take some pretty wild ones with guys in his face. He has a kind of a tendency to try shoot over guys, but he's really good at it. 38.6 and 37.3% off screens. He has a very smooth release uh, with a really nice dip. I don't like what he do does with his offhand overall, but like he's very consistent in what he does. So that's actually a good thing, even though I don't like the form. Um, he's he's just he's a shooter, and he's not exactly a guy like that. You know, just you know, if he's not he's not like a pure standstill shooter. This dude can put it on the ground. He can sidestep. He can relocate. And he can get into the mid-range as well, where he shot an incredible 52.9% on his mid-ranges. So he's not a one-trick pony when it comes to shooting. This guy, has he's got a repertoire of tricks that, you know, if you take away the spot up, he can he can attack the closeout a, a little bit and get into his mid-range or sidestep you for a nice little step back or cross um, to, to get an open three. Yeah, definitely this guy is more like, this isn't even a word team offense <laughs> oriented uh i mean playing uh, with a playmaker alongside him i mean he's gonna flourish real well i like for sure <laughs> and like there uh, um yeah i think it was spinella said like he loves you know using the dribble dribble handoffs and you know that sounds familiar like guess what team loves dribble handoffs the kings love dribble handoffs the bonus loves dribble handoffs like so Fazzini literally compared him to kind of like, he's basically kind of Kevin Herter-ish, like, you know, with kind of worse defense. And, you know, that fits perfectly into what the Kings do. Like, he love he, as you said, he plays off of team defense. He's not exactly like an incredible self-creator. He's not, he doesn't have the tools for that, but he is great in the team work, like in the teamwork frame. Yeah. Not even a word, I don't know. Yeah, and... You could add also his playmaking skill set. Now, he's not going to be that primary playmaker off the floor, but definitely as a secondary playmaker, maybe, I mean, of course, coming off the bench, <laughs> most likely. I mean, he's pretty competent at handling. I mean, like you said, can do the pick and rolls, dribble handoffs, of course, going right because his left hand's not the greatest. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's pretty competent uh, passer as well. Yeah, like, he, again, he works in the offense very well. Like, And, you know, this is kind of just very high-level stuff in which he understands how his gravity pulls, like, the defense to him and uses that to create opportunities for his teammates. And he's not, like, one of those guys that, like, will stop and, like, survey the floor. He know, like, he can feel like you know the defense he can make very quick reads and quick decisions and pass it to the open roller he's very good at that and he's even gotten to the point where if he if he like sees the help coming to the roller he will immediately kick it to the to the shooter so like again just a guy who works beautifully in a team setting that's the oh, word i'm looking for oh yeah that's for sure uh okay well you know, we talked about his strength, his shooting, his off the ball movement, the ability to fit into a, a team, a team offense, his passing. Some of the negatives, um, unfortunately, he's not a very great athlete. And unfortunately, that really hurts him on the defensive end. It doesn't hurt him as much on offense because he's not really that ISO guy anyways. And he's probably won't be the ISO guy when he comes into the NBA. 
like his his lack of athleticism mostly shows up on his defense um he doesn't have really any ability to pressure the ball and he kind of is a little bit unfocused sometimes and will kind of just let guys get a step on him and because of his lack of his athleticism and just lack of quick twitch he cannot recover uh, against those guys and it's just too often he just gets blown by or he's going to get bullied by wings. He's literally bad to, so bad on defense that he can't even guard like, you know, those quote-unquote unskilled wings who try to take him inside. But guys will post him up st- despite him being 6'8". Yeah, I mean, overall, I mean, in general for his defense, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the worst. <laughs> Not going to lie. I mean, like you said, his speed isn't there. His footwork's really off. And I mean, he really can't beat or recover uh, guys that drive against him. So he relies a lot of his teammates to support him on defense. But I mean, other than that, it's it's hard for me to say that he'll ever become good just because of that. Yeah, like this is going to be a problem. Like a lot of it is just his lateral quickness. Like he literally cannot recover. And because he can't recover, he has no way to pressure the ball. Like he tries to use his hands, but then he ends up just fouling. And again, like the lack of strength, the fact that you can't even cover like the unskilled wing, that's a problem. And it's actually like, here's, here's how bad it actually is. And it shows up on the stat sheet. Michigan was seven points better overall with him off the floor because of how bad his defense is, despite him being very good on offense. Like, granted, they're they're still in the positive. I think they were a plus three when he was on the court, but a plus 10 with him off. So, like, he is going to be, like, it's to the point where he might be unplayable, like, straight out of the game. Uh, Yeah, I mean, maybe in short stints and very limited minutes maybe 10 max to be honest (laughs) to be frank definitely not a fourth quarter guy maybe if you know i would trust him for a last second shot but other than that like if he's gonna play the full quarter i mean we just gotta hope that the rest of the team can uh you know support him and help defense which you know I don't have faith either <laughs> in him. Well, the thing is, I don't expect the 24th pick to really play, you know, straight up because mm. it's going to be a developmental thing anyways. Like, you just don't expect these guys to contribute right away. It is what it is. So I don't see him playing much anyways. Like, yeah. he's going to be in the G League to develop, and it's going to be a gamble to, to see whether he can become – a you know, just a competent defender to the point where he can, you know, to the point where he can actually be on the floor because I think his shooting is for real. He's got touch there, you know, He and again, he's a good, he's like, he can pass out of it. But the thing is, can that outweigh what he gives up on defense? I don't believe he'll ever be an elite defender. He doesn't have the help instincts either. Like, you know, with even like how bad he is on ball, like off ball, he's not exactly anything to really sneak, to really like, praise there's not there's not much there either so it's gonna be tough but like i do really like his offense yeah i really think he can be an elite um scorer in the nba for sure but i mean defense is starting to you know pick up in the nba in my opinion and without that i mean there's no point in you being on the floor to be honest 
Yeah, especially if, like, he's not hitting his shots. And, like, that might be just his only role, like, if he's hitting shots. Because, you know, the off-to-dribble stuff isn't exactly amazing. Like, his driving game is very, is honestly pretty bad itself. Because, again, the lack of, like, real strength. Like, just, just shocking how bad he is, like, in terms of, like, physicality. And he's not a guy that finishes well at the rim. So, like, even if he can get into the mid-range, like, the mid-range is just is not an efficient shot for the most part. And unless you're Kevin Durant or, like, Devin Booker, it's just, it's just not a shot to, like, it's not the shot you want to fall back on if, like, his threes have fallen down. So mm-hmm. it's going to be tough for him to, fit, like, fit in on day one. But I think in the future, there is a role for him as long as he can get just competent on defense. Yeah. Now, one thing I would want to, I mean, we mentioned it already earlier, is also his dominant um, right hand. Like, he barely uses his left, and he barely drives left, and he barely goes left to shoot the ball. So I feel like defenders are definitely going to kind of can tell. <laughs> well, whatchamacallit. Force him left, yeah. Yeah, they're going to force him a lot to go to his left instead of going to a shot so it's i feel like that's gonna be that's gonna play a big role in terms of how um whether or not you know a team should draft him to be honest because i mean it, if teams well, can well these things they will improve it i don't think it's a big issue like he'll improve it like hmm. you're gonna be a pro you're gonna put like you know, however many hours of work and like it's and honestly like again a lot of these things we're actually even bring up look it, it might fix itself like within year two or three when he's actually ready to play he's not gonna play much in this first year so I'm just not worried about that stuff like and of course and of course like in crunch time like you know forget about it he's probably not gonna play because of the defensive issues anyway so I just don't think those are issues now like if you're if he's still having these issues in year three that's when you know you're kind of fucked up with the pick. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So overall, I, I really like his offensive skills. Again, you, you you do bring up a good point. The left hand is concerning, but I think it will iron itself out. And then the defensive stuff, he just he needs to get to that point. And that's kind of that's going to be the end all be all for him. Is he going to be a competent defender? I am actually leaning towards no, but I I wouldn't be surprised if he could like. You know, he can improve his strength a little bit and that'll help a lot. But, like, is it enough? We'll see. I'm leaning more towards the no side. I feel like he definitely needs to work on his footwork more than strength, in my opinion, just to keep up with guys. Because, I mean, most of the clips I saw was, I mean, guys just getting, or, yeah, guys born by him. So, I mean, strength does play a big part in terms of, uh, you know, slowing down the guy, but I feel like keeping up with the guy as well would. Well, well here, here's the thing. I don't expect him to, to, to take perimeter guys. Like the reason mm-hmm. why I say strength is he doesn't get posted up. Like I that see. was the concerning thing for me. Look, guys are like wings get blown by by quick guards. Like, you know, very often it's not, it's not an uncommon thing. The issue is when you put him on, say an OG Ananobi, OG Ananobi is going to go right around or through him in the post, which that is the concerning part would be like the fact that you can't even handle like college wings in the, in the post is very concerning. Like he has no ability to pressure the ball because he's, he's not laterally quick. 
that can be improved upon but the issue but you still need you need strength to be able to hold up against like if they put the if you if they put you on the worst of offensive player like say Isaac Okoro Isaac Okoro will be able to post them up today and that is the concerning <laughs> part oh man that's <laughs> that might be very true <laughs> yeah so overall I I like him as a prospect he's got a lot of concerning things that he's going to need to iron out and my thing is the defense Mm-hmm. oh yeah all right let's move on to our third and final guy so, sorry for the kind of quick pull on uh, Chet Howard there's just he's a shooter he's very interesting there's flaws that I'm very concerned about however the next guy Jaime Jaquez there are concerns but damn I love this man yeah he's a very interesting guy I mean he also has a pretty deep bag of tricks in terms of offense, but it's in a very different context, though. Yeah, very, very different. Like this man works in ISO. Now, normally I would just say, fuck that shit. Like ice a heavy ISO guy. He ain't gonna do that in the NBA. This is some beautiful shit. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. He he's very He's a tricky player. He he reminds me a lot of like DeMar DeRozan. DeMar, DeRo- DeMar is definitely better than him. And I don't know if he ever reaches that level. But this dude has a bag. Like, I hate that term, but this dude has a bag. <laughs> yeah, like, how I say it, like, the one move he loves to do that I see in like maybe 80% of the clips I saw is the fake spin fadeaway mid-range. So, like, the way I describe it, he puts it, like, so he loves to work in ISO. And when he gets into his ISO dance, he puts his defender in what I call the torture chamber. It is a torture chamber of just fakes and his fakes, shimmies, and unorthodox finishes. Like, this dude just has one of the deepest ISO bags, and he will just absolutely pump fake his guy into oblivion and like and let's just say like oh you let's say you um you don't jump on the first five on the on the sixth pump fake you are going to jump and he is going to do some weird up and under move just he is a fascinating watch it's like watching a guy play on the playground and he's the guy you don't want to guard because he is going to put he is going to make you look silly and he is going. He and he is just going to score at by all means necessary. Yeah, it's crazy how his footwork and craftiness work so well together, along with his, I would say, I want to say, pretty nice touch within uh, you know the mid inside. Yeah, and then like you know, he's he's de- his ISO is definitely his uh, his best skill. Now, normally that's a negative, but he's also a very good catch-and-shoot guy. I like his form, by the way. What did you think about his form? I thought, eh, I thought it was all right, pretty much. I mean, he, I mean, if it goes in, it goes in. That's, I guess that's all I could really say. But, I mean, in terms of basketball IQ, I think that's more what <laughs> I can see from him. And he kind of knows his ability i feel more than you know just go ahead and shoot 
yeah well like at least he's not one of those guys that will like pump fake and then just try to go into his iso dance when he is open and we and he has a certain amount of space he will launch it now the percentages aren't incredible it's 35 percent on catch and shoot threes but i think like if you can if he can adapt his game to be more of a spot-up shooter i think that's actually a viable thing for him because his form i think looks fine to me vicini did talk about like it's not it's not perfect but you know it, it is what it is but and like with his just incredible shooting touch like in the mid-range i buy his long-term like three three and d ability hmm. oh yeah i mean i guess the only negative i could see is it's, it's a bit slow for my liking but i mean like you said as long as he's open and like i said he's smart about relocating to the right spots and gain to his own spots. I mean, I think uh, he is very serviceable. Yeah. And also, you know, we talk about his ISO game and how he loves to get into ISO, his ISO dance. Don't get, don't be fooled into thinking he's a black hole. Uh, he is a guy that will pass and actually has pretty good feel for passing. Like if he feels a double, he will make the right pass and surprisingly creative passer too, with some of his deliveries. Oh, yeah. And same thing with him. If he plays next to a playmaker, I mean, he makes the smart cuts. He's a pretty good uh, backdoor cutter. And uh, I mean, definitely, why, why am I going to repeat this? But he knows when to relocate to the spots he wants. Yeah, uh, definitely a very smart player. And where that shows really, really shows is his defense. Now, his on-ball defense is not great by any means. He's not a very quick guy. But this is a guy that makes up for a lot of that with just incredible on-ball or off-ball smarts. Like, his awareness is at 99 almost at all times. And he's just one of those guys that just, what I like to just call, makes shit happen. He's in the right spot. He's, like, he's constantly communicating. And when the moment is there to, like, you know, make a play, he will make it happen. Like, whether it's digging down on a guy who's not paying attention when he's dribbling um, you know, pick, you know, pick sixing somebody like just reading, like the, t reading the offensive player's eyes and just them telegraphing where that passes. Just, he just knows how to get in. He just knows how to make plays on the defensive end. Oh yeah. Um, his, uh, as I mentioned, his on-ball defense, he's just really slow for, to me. And like he, he, and he's not a very quick guy. He can't make up for it with like crazy length or ridiculous quickness. But, like, with his off-ball gifts, I think a lot of that can actually go away. You can't actually hide him. Like, he's not hes not like Jet Howard where, you know, like, forwards can post him up and just bully him. He's got a lower center of gravity. He, he, is, he is older than Jet Howard. That's a big deal. And that's where I talk about, like, the strength factor. Like, guy, wings can't just post you up. You can hide him on a wing. Yeah, I mean... Other than that, I'm like you said. I think next to our team, I'm gonna say theoretically, if we do draft him, I think he should do very fine <laughs> with uh, what he does because, I mean, other than you know, gain those pick sixes, like you said, I mean, he, I think he can flourish in a way where he could be a very I, I guess you could say above average defender in our system if he puts in the work for sure. 
Yeah, like I just like the on ball stuff that leaves a lot to be desired as I keep talking about, but the off ball stuff, I really just admire the ability to just again just make stuff happen, just be in the right spot. He's communicating, he's pointing out where guys, you know, where guys should be. And then he's also like able to just make plays despite, again, not all that impressive of like athleticism. He again makes shit happen. Mm hmm. So overall, I, I like, again, the ISO game, like in normal circumstances, I'm like, I, I'm not a fan, but just incredible. He's incredible at it. And it's something that's probably going to get better over time. And he can, now I'm not saying like build the offense around him, but he's definitely a guy that I can see working in the second unit, like as just kind of that ISO scorer. You know, if you need if you need a basket, like oh, you can go to him in the post even, or like have him ISO at the elbow. Probably not the greatest offense, but it's an option I feel you sh- you can go to. Like there's this place for that in the league. Oh yeah, I mean I feel like as long as he puts into work, I mean he has the basketball IQ for sure. Uh, he's just working with what he has in terms of tools under his belt. But I mean if he develops with those tools in mind, definitely he um, can flourish. It's just the only downside I could say, and you already mentioned it, but it's definitely the speed, which probably won't improve, to be honest. I think it can get a little better, but like, you know, again, he has a great base to work with in terms of just basketball IQ. Like sometimes it's not like, Look, it's it's very important to keep your man in front of you, but like let, let's just say theoretically, like in in the future, the Kings do improve their defense. He's a guy that can angle the angle the attacker into the help defense, and I think that's what's gonna like it. It's not gonna be he's not gonna be a lockdown defender, but he can definitely work in a team setting where the defense is good around him. If, if the defense is good around him, he probably will be very hard to hunt. Just because oh. of his IQ. Oh, yeah. No. Between the three, well, not between the three, between the two, I guess. I mean, which would you prefer to draft if, uh, you know, these two were the only um, picks left? I'm going with Jaime, man. Like, again, Jed Howard's shooting is incredible. It works incredible in the Kings offense. He'd be tailor-made for it. But the defensive issues is, is just so concerning. Now, mm-hmm. Jet, now Jaime isn't exactly like amazing, but again, just the just the fact that he's strong and like he's smart, like I don't think he'll get picked on. It, it might be rough for him to start, but I think he can definitely find a spot in the league. Yeah, I'm I'm choosing Jaime as well. I feel like he definitely fits the. I mean, both of them fit the Kings' uh, circumstances. Uh, in their own individual way, but Jaime, I feel like fits the King system a little better in some ways, especially how uh, he plays his defense. I mean, it's very reminiscent of um, how Fox tries to get those pick sixes and, you know, the rest of the team just hunting down guys for uh, the ball. But yeah, other than that, I mean, Jet Howard, yeah, like you said, he's, he's a great shooter, just, yeah, that defense needs improvement for sure. Oh uh, yeah, just very weird 
prospects in a way with, of, of course, some rather deep flaws. But I think Jaime is the most well-rounded, despite the just the ISO game not being something I like at the at the NBA level. But ooh, damn, like I, I just appreciate just how much of a baller this dude is. This dude is just he just goes out there and gets buckets. And there is just a beauty in just old school playground style, embarrass you on the court like style that he plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never know. Maybe uh, the men range will somehow come back. <laughs> Maybe uh, we'll see. But okay, well, th- oh, this will be basically our last uh, draft um, episode, <laughs> just because, like, I-, I guess we can get into it now. Um, like there, there just aren't that many more prospects that really interest me all that much. A lot of these guys are like the the next round of guys that I feel are just more gonna be in the second round of anything. Like a guy like Andre Jackson, Jordan Walsh. I, I just like I, I they just don't interest me as much. Like I feel like we've gone through most of like the really interesting and really good uh, prospects that I would absolutely love at twenty four. Now of course like. If there are some of these guys that get picked at 24, I wouldn't mind it, but it just, they just don't interest me as much. So there's that. I also believe that the Kings are more than likely going to trade this pick at this point. So <laughs> honestly, go keep going through these guys only for them to get traded. I'm just, I, I just, I don't want, I don't want my heart to be broken like that. After doing all that work. Yeah, I mean, but it was fun, uh, definitely to go over. Um... Man, how many guys have we? 18, I think, so far? Uh, I would have to count the episodes. I don't have the number in front of me. So, uh, yeah, but, um, ah, shoot, what I was about to say. But, I mean, wherever these guys end up with, I mean, I'll definitely be looking out for them, uh, you know, uh, during the games if, uh, you know, they do pop up somehow in my mind. So, yeah, hopefully uh, some of these guys uh, find a really good place in the league and, uh, you know, be that diamond in the rough. Okay. Uh, originally, we were going to jump into the NBA Finals. We're going to actually kind of cut in. We're going to talk a little bit about the Kings. Uh, so the Kings today, it was announced that uh, they that they have been in discussions with um, the Wizards about possibly acquiring Bradley Beal. And that's mm. the part where I'm going to talk where I want to talk about where the pick is going to probably be traded. That well that's what I mean when I think that the trade is get, or the pick is going to get traded because it looks like the Kings are going big fish hunting. Now, Bradley Beal is look, when I first heard that news, I sent you a gif of Luke Skywalker saying no. No, no, basically yeah look i'm not i'm not for this trade at all i just look bradley beal like if he were like if you just kind of like get him on this team like let's just say we don't talk about the we don't talk about the players involved he would basically be an upgrade over kevin herder and that would be great like and you know james ham said like it would it would propel you to championship contender i don't know about that bradley beal does have a lot of flaws that i don't know you know would make us a a contender right away but like he is a he is a very very good player and he would definitely he would probably improve this team now we'll have to see what players are involved and you know uh, other circumstances but the work the biggest part about the bradley beal stuff is the money 
do you want to know his co- do you know his contract or what what the gist of how much he's getting uh, paid i think i saw it earlier today yeah getting close to the 50 mil almost 60 mil i think 57 is his player option in the final year if i remember correctly or something like that you are correct yes so yeah that's a lot of money (laughs) i mean so that's the biggest part about trading bro you're gonna have to give up so much just to get him. Now, I originally said there's actually no way you can do this with, without Fox or Sabonis. There is actually a way. So you would have to, I think, do Kevin Herter, Davion, and Rashawn and rescind the bird rights to Harrison Barnes. Basically, you're basically you can't sign Barnes to a big contract. Like you can't sign him to like anything other than your cap space, which like at that point might be just five to eight million a year, which means you're gonna lose Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to give up those four players to get Bradley Beal. So, would you do it? I would not. As much as I like Bradley Beal, I don't really love you know his game too much. It's too much of a hassle to you know add him, and you know, like I said, there's negatives about him, and definitely health is one of them just to deal with uh, Bradley Beal being in this team, it's it's like, it's not going to be how I say it. If We're just going to give up a lot of future assets just for maybe, I don't know how many X amount of years of <laughs> not being able to, you know, add a role players or whatnot to this team just because, you know, we, we simply don't have enough cap space for them. And with the new CBA, like how those penalties work if you're above the second apron. Like you lose your mid-level, you can't sign buyout players. It, the, the new CBA is fucking stupid, by the way. I hate the new CBA, the, what, what they did with some of the stuff. So yeah, you'll be stuck in a bind. And because Bradley Beal's contract lasts four more seasons after this, yeah, you're going to be fucking stuck. Yeah, and I, I mean, talks are talks. So I... Wouldn't expect much until, you know, I see it actually happen if we do, you know, finalize something for Bradley Beal. But I'm pretty sure Monty knows that this this shouldn't be the way that um we should be aiming for. Okay, so this is kind of the, I guess, the positive note to bring out of this, whether there is a deal or not. So Bradley Beal did say he like the belief is that he is open to waiving his no trade clause to come to Sacramento. Now the now the last part the last two words of that you know open to coming that's three <laughs> that's three words but uh so I just want to mention that because you know a lot of people bring up like you know for the longest time the Kings the Sacramento was basically basketball hell the basketball deathland wasteland death valley whatever you want to call it. Like because of this one season, this was what what I hoped at the at the beginning of the season, where you were you could be the Timberwolves in, in a good way, where you have one successful season, and then all of a sudden, you know, you become some sort a sort of destination for a lot of these um free agents where like before they never would have considered you. Like I thought them getting Kyle Anderson was so big because that's a guy that had a had some choices. 
to, of place he could go. And he decided to choose the Timberwolves. And he's a helpful role player that was willing to go to Minnesota. So like I, so this is kind of like a bit of a changing of the times that like I really wish that came and it's coming now. Like at least it's the first sign. Maybe, maybe it's just like a special, like a, a unique occasion. But at the same time, like maybe there is a changing of kind of the guard, not changing of the guard, but like changing of the times where Sacramento can once again be looked at as a place that, you know, good players like would actually consider and not just for the money. Like George Hill came here once he came here for the money, clearly. But like now it's looked at as an, a possible destination for competent players who are coming for the right reasons. Oh, yeah, it's I mean, yeah, you're totally right. And it's definitely a first for to be honest. I don't even remember the last player that I actually wanted to be here just because, you know, Kings basketball, which I highly doubt is within, you know, the time that we are. That we wasn't drafted. Think about it. That wasn't drafted. Yeah, that wasn't even drafted as well. So it's it's crazy. Maybe during the early 2000s, but I mean, during that time, I wasn't watching, following the Kings that well. So, yeah, it's it's crazy to think that, uh, you know, an all-star like uh, Beal would uh, consider, you know, uh, reversing his, uh, was it? His no trade clause. Yeah, no trade clause just to come. Now, now of course, that is speculation. There's no actual report saying he will do it. But like, you know, just the uh, I don't think it's too far from the truth that, you know, Sacramento is not looked at as the as the hellscape that it once was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, for Beal, I mean, like I said, I need to see it to believe it. So if he if he does it. And for a very reasonable price, I mean, I'm all for it. Just uh, as long as we don't trade away big assets like Murray. Yeah, I don't think he'll be in. He'll, oh, he'll be in the deal. I think it'll be it'll be Herder and Davion first, and then the mm. rest of the guys are not under contract, so there's nothing you can do with that. But uh, the, so the second part of this is so the idea of the big three. Look. Look, a lot of people are down on Sabonis. Like Nate, no, granted, this what this is not a new take. Nate Jones this week said, you know, the Kings should sell high on Sabonis. Now, of course, a lot of the national media like actually kind of agreed with him. They think Sabonis is an 82 game player and not a 16 game player. I disagree with them because I watched the Kings the entire season. Like he was really good, and I thought he had a really bad. Sure, he had a bad. He had a pretty bad series. We're not even a bad series. He was definitely he definitely got re very much limited. Some might even say locked down by uh by Kavan Looney. He still had good averages throughout and was was impactful in, in certain spots. But the idea is that he he cannot be your second best player. I don't think. Mm. Now, does that mean trading him away? Probably not. I think I think he's still worthwhile to keep around. I don't think it's worth it to trade him for value. I just think you you do need a third player. And whether or not that third player is a guy that can, you know, that will be the third best player on the team or maybe some, you know, supplant Sabonis as the second best player in the in the team and you know behind Fox or maybe even above Fox. I think the Kings do need one more guy if that makes any sense and Bradley Beal could be that guy. Hmm, I definitely can see that. Now, going back with the 
Sabonis stuff. I mean, we still have what two years left in him. No, he's a free agent after next season. Oh, is it already? Geez. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was thinking two years from last season, I guess. But uh oh man, I mean I, I mean at the end of this two seasons, I mean, that's when we could decide definitely what am I saying? After next season is when we could decide whether or not uh Sabonis is the guy because I mean so far we haven't extended him, so well, we can't. Well, we can extend him. He's not going to take the extension because he can make way more money if he waits this out. Hmm. Oh yeah. Because of just how the extension rules work, um, he signed a very cheap, con- cheap extension. Like it's it's under twenty million a year, and w- if we extend him, we can only go one hundred twenty five percent, or I think it's one hundred forty percent now. Now, of course, if he goes on the open market, he can he can basically. Get, I I think almost not the Jalen Brown extension, but it's like somewhere around the realm of that, like 290 million. Oh. So that's kind of what he wants to get. If he does, if he, I think what it was was that he can start out at 35 million a year if he waits to till the end of next season. But like with the start of this, if he gets an extension this year, it would only be like 25 million or like it's a lot lower. Yeah, so I see. That's why he he's gonna wait this out. I see, and I'm assuming this was during the Pacers' years. Yes. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, we have one season to you know maybe figure something out, and by then, I mean, who knows? I mean, <laughs> the is endless to of possibilities. Okay, so but staying on that third guy, um, talk. So. There, there's another there's another trade candidate that I'm of course much more interested in because I just don't think you'll have to give up as much to get him. Is OG and Anobi. I think like oh getting OG, I think that can be a difference maker. And like you don't have to give up as much. And honestly, I don't think getting Bradley Beal would I, I think OG can provide somewhat like the level of a f- level of impact, I think, will be actually similar to what Bradley Beal can do for you. Like they do different things, but I think they can. They this can that can elevate the team to a next level. Now, of course, that would depend also depend on what you have to give up in the trade. But I think I think OG Ananobi can be that guy, and I okay. think the I think the Kings should actually go that route, and which uh, reported by Damian Barling, that apparently that is the that is the way they're heading. Hmm. I mean, I would love OG for sure, but the one thing I'm, the one person I'm afraid of is dealing with is Masai. <laughs> so I don't know what kind of um, trades that we would, we would have to give up for OG uh, to get through with Masai, but I guess we'll have to see. Like I said, as long as there's nothing big and nothing of the um, three guys of Murray, uh, but yeah, Fox and uh, Sabonis. I mean, I I'd be all in for it. Look, I'll I'll say this: Masai can kind of Masai can you know strong like stand stand pat on his value of OG Ananobi. Look, if no one's is willing to pay your price, he is a he can he can be a free agent after the season, or at, like after this next season. Like, do you are you allowed? Are you just gonna let him walk, or are you just gonna try and get whatever value you can? Because mm. at a certain point, 
your sky-high valuation of OG Ananobi, a guy that, by the way, does not want to be there, like, everyone knows that, like, it's uh, how long are you willing to hold out? Like, are you going to try and, like, try to do the Ben Simmons thing with this? Except, like, Ben Simmons had four years left. OG only has one more year, basically, after this. So it's mm-hmm. like, do, are you willing to take that risk? So at a certain point, like, what, what would be, here, 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 how about this? What are you willing to give up? Like, how many picks, for example? Like, Ooh. let's just say Keegan Moore Murray is off the table. I feel like it's going to be a lot, not going to lie. I feel like it's definitely going to be Davion. Davion, Rashawn, if they want him. No, uh, it would have to include Rashawn to make those sound yeah. work. So Davion, Rashawn, and it's, it might have to be three picks, maybe. I don't know. I think, yeah, I think if, especially if you're not going to include Keegan in there, I think it's going to have to be three picks. And do you think that's worth it? That's it's a steep price, that's for sure. Unless somehow you include Barnes. Well, Barnes is a free agent. Mm, oh yeah, shoot. <laughs> Sign and trade. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's that's a tough one, really. Yeah, I think it's worth it. I think so. Well, the reason why I think it's worth it, I we just saw what Aaron Gordon did for the Nuggets. Now, Jokic still is st- now. Jokic was a very good defender. Jokic was very good de- on defense. I thought throughout the finals, he was definitely a presence down there. And Sabonis probably just can't replicate what his length and his size do- does. But it does show that if you can surround your less, let's just say, less than less than stellar rim protector center with elite wing defenders. You can build an, a pretty good defense, even though like in the regular season, it wasn't a great defense. As long as you have elite wing defense to, you know, just to have enough perimeter t- defenders to protect your center who, you know, can be solid around the rim. You, you can be a championship level team. Now, of course, mm-hmm. Joke Joker is one of the best offensive players of all time. That helps. But like it, it does show me like you can have you can build a good defense around Sabonis despite him not being a good rim protector at all. Yeah, I guess we'll have to see because I mean I love how the news is flooding in right now, but it's just the ability of picking and choosing and you know things actually rolling around to uh see if uh you know maybe we'll be taking the next steps from here on out. Yeah, we'll see. Like things will happen around draft night, whether or not we actually use the pick, whether it's actually traded, shit's gonna go down. And we're gonna talk about even more deals at, um, after you know the NBA. After we talk about the NBA finals. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get into it. The NBA finals are over. The Nuggets win four one, beat the Heat in a rather dramatic ending. So you know they the like the Heat looked dead. I thought the entire game, but fuck me, do they make do they make other teams work for it? And they made the Nuggets have to earn that championship in Game Five. Yeah, like this is probably, I think the lowest scoring game for the Nuggets so far. I mean, what am I saying so far? Well, I mean, they didn't they didn't break a hundred. So yeah. yeah. I mean, who averaged, you know, what, 
close to 120 in the regular season, of course. I mean, Miami uh, kept them down for, you know, the most part. They try to keep up, but yeah, it's just not enough. <laughs> like Denver's offense is just ridiculous still. Like, I mean, they don't, they never had an answer for Joker. They don't, they never had an answer for Jamal Murray. And like, you know, it's just, they were outmatched all the way from the start. And like the thing was, like you you come into the series, like the Heat, like do they have a do they have a matchup for Giannis? Do they have a matchup for Jalen Brown and T- Jason Tatum? They were always outmatched, but they found a way. But I think, I just think they ran out of gas. I think in normal circumstances, like let's just say they let's just say they actually swept the Boston Celtics. I think they would have had a much better chance against the Heat if they just they just completely ran out of gas and that really doesn't show up um like more than Jimmy Butler's play like like i i gave bam a lot of shit for just not attacking and not going up strong jimmy was pretty bad during the game even though i'll give him i'll give him some slack like the dude is you know the dude was clearly hurt but like there were so many times where he drove to the basket and i just thought shoot it instead of passing it back out to a shooter who's covered. There were just so many moments of that. And, you know, outside of a late flurry where like, I think he scored like 12 or 14 points in a row. He was really bad during this game. Yeah. I mean, he kind of just stuck with his role throughout each and every game to the point where I mean, you just got to hope that the, his rest of the team can uh, hit something, but yeah, sadly, they didn't really, especially in terms of uh, the three-point range. But, yeah, it's it's too bad, I guess you could say. I mean, he he tried to, for the most part, uh, you know, to score for himself. But it's, yeah, just not going in, sadly enough. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, that last play where he threw the ball at KCP, like, he had no lift. Like, he just he just got stuck. He normally, I guess, would just go over Jamal Murray in that play. Granted, like Joker's right there to contest as well. Just he had no legs. And, you know, he, he gave it all all he could. I think I just think he deserves all the respect for just getting this far. I, I know it's a bit of like participation trophy thing going on, but the man gave it all gave his all. The heat gave it all. Like, despite how how just annoying to watch Bam on offense it is sometimes. The man had to guard Jokic, who's, you know, a good four, three, four inches taller than him and probably outweighs him by 50 pounds. He did an admirable job on Jokic. And, like, again, the Heat players, like, the the Cinderella match just wore off. Oh, yeah. I mean, how they got to the finals is just crazy enough being, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, just barely beating the Chicago Bulls to pass the play in. And uh, what you might call being the Bucks to being Boston and facing the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks. Don't forget the Knicks, that's right. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, facing the first seed of the West, I mean, it's a that's a tough feat, and I mean, definitely, I could see them going even further next uh season. We'll have to see about some moves that they may make. So, I mean, um, we can we can loop back to the Bradley Beal stuff. Like, I think the Heat are going to get Bradley Beal. Oh, you think Bradley Beal? A lot of people are talking about Dame. I'm like, mm, 
Yeah, because he did an interview where he says like him and like he literally raided. I think the guy asked them like, uh, you know, it, let's just say in this scenario, if you were traded, like, would you be, would you be willing to be traded to the Heat? He was like, hell yeah, type thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's it's gonna be tough, <laughs> but it's uh, I think it's possible. It's just I don't know what can you even give up for him. Just, just give up Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, easy. Hmm. I feel like they need to keep either one of them, in my opinion. Yeah, you can trade, you can trade them, and then just keep Max Strus, and then you, you get Dame. That's fine. You you can replace. Like li- like, listen, they made it this far without Tyler Hero. <laughs> they don't need Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, that's... and Duncan Robinson, you can find a Duncan Robinson. Hmm. That's yeah, very true. So. Yeah, I, I think they, you know, we'll see. They do need to make a move because they need that third guy. You, like, Bam is not a second guy. Like, you just need him to focus on just playing defense. And also, they need they need size. They just they need a guy that's just big. That's not Cody Zeller, for the love of God. Um, just, you know, they need some size and they need a th- an, another guy. Like, and also let's not forget Kyle Lowry is an expiring, like you can get, you can, you can, I guess, trick a team into trading for him. Like Dame, if you didn't get Dame, that would be amazing. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe Kyle will go to Boston. <laughs> I mean, sure. If Boston's willing to do something like their only trade ship really is, you know, um, I mean, they have, I mean, they have Marcus Smart and Derek White, but I don't see them trading those guys. Um, but We'll see, but uh, let, let's get to the Nuggets. The, the Nuggets, like, they they dominated this playoff run. Like, I think Jokic was the leader in points, rebounds, and assists, just yes. casually. No, yeah. Very <laughs> casually, when people said, like, he couldn't perform in the playoffs. Actually, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just an incredible performance by Nikola Jokic, like, cementing himself as, like, an all-time great. Um, Jamal Murray, after tearing his ACL, proved that Bubble Murray is not a fluke. He is an absolute monster. And he really showed me, like, something. Like, even when he wasn't scoring, like, very well in game three and four, he was still commanding the game. And I think he had double-digit assists in both those games, which is, that is the impressive part to me. Like, this guy is for real. Like, he is a a real weapon. And, you know, because of this performance, he is definitely going to be an all-star next season. And he's probably gonna take up John Moran's spot, and then mm. like De'Aaron will probably have to fight for that spot again. Um, but you know, like he he definitely showed up. Aaron Gordon, like pushing him to the fourth option, is probably the best thing that's ever happened to him. Like he doesn't have to like actually create; instead, just work off of Jokic, and then just go out there and just shut down the best wing players. Well, not shut down, but like really make the wing players work. This man guarded Carl Anthony Towns, you know. Like, you know, that's really impressive. Like, despite what he's been saying lately. Oh my god. I I every time that guy that guy opens his mouth, I'm like, shut the fuck up. It's like it's him and go go bear that I just cannot stand. But, anyways, Aaron Gordon guarded Carthony Towns, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Jimmy Butler. And he limited those guys all all he limited all of those guys. Just imp- incredibly impressive. Michael yeah. Porter Jr. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll say this. Before the finals, he was really good. In the fi- in the finals, despite not shooting very well, he he figured it out. 
like he was finally getting inside and you know he had that one crazy like uh, you know uh between the legs between the legs finish uh that was really nice and then a pull up three that you know that basically makes it so no one will ever question all the other misses he had <laughs> and then kcp was really good just you know just a, a perfect glue guy incredible disruptor bruce brown was really good J- jeff green did his part deandre jordan filled in for three minutes oh yeah just just like they they were a dominant team 12 and 4 in this playoff run yeah it's a crazy run for the nuggets for sure and uh i mean do you think they'll uh repeat i think i think they have a very good chance to i don't i can't say for sure like you don't know if the kings are gonna be you know the next title <laughs> contender but like they're like i don't like i would i refrain from calling them a dynasty but like this was a dynasty level playoff performance like it's like 12 and 4 think think about this the bucks lost four times in the first round the kings lost four, four times in the first round the nuggets lost four times in an entire playoff run <laughs> just imagine that like that's how impressive their their entire playoff run was and like oh you can say well like w- the west was weak the, the east was weak these motherfuckers dominated the competition. That's what happened. They they went through again. Carl I guess <laughs> I, I guess in about ten years it might sound a lot more impressive. Like they went through Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert, the big three. They went through Chris Paul, Chris Paul, um, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, D'Angelo Russell. Now probably more Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, but. <laughs> And then, of course, like Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry. Like, look, look, they made the they they absolutely destroyed the competition along the way. That's what happened. This was an all-time offense paired with a very very impressive defense that really upped its upped its uh efficiency in the playoffs. Just an all-time great performance. And I look, I can't say enough good things about Joker. This man just wants to go home and hang out with his horses. He don't want I know he said he he wants to be in that parade. I think deep down he does he doesn't want to be. Deep down, he wants to be back in Serbia with his horses. Yeah, he's he definitely has that point to get ready after uh today's uh whatchamacallit parade. And uh yeah, he's probably back home by now. Not gonna lie. Mike Brown not Mike Brown, Mike Malone was wilding out there too. Like he's out there just like hugging fans and stuff, just like getting hyped with fans. Like yeah. Mike, Mike Malone is out. He's out there. Yeah. What was his shirt say? I forgot. Something. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I, didn't say, I had the tweet up, but I don't have it up anymore. Yeah, I, I forgot what it says. Some some weed reference. I think. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll see if they uh could come back because I mean every single one of these guys. I mean besides DeAndre Jordan, but he did his part. Three minutes has uh shown up and definitely you know proved themselves for sure yeah and like yeah i refrain from calling them a dynasty they're gonna be a juggernaut next year like this team is gonna be hard as hell to beat now that like you know jamal murray is back to back to kind of like you know his you his old self before the injury that's a dangerous ass team because you can't double murray because he will get it to Joker, and if you give Joker a four on three, it's, it's GG at that point. They're they're a scary team. They're a well built team, and if they can retain Bruce Brown, like Bruce Brown, like uh, apparently at the parade said he's coming back. We'll see, but like, you know, like if they can retain Bruce Brown, this is going to be a hard ass team to beat. 
Oh yeah. Well, we'll see if we ever face them in the playoffs because uh, this is yeah. I'm I'm still here, scared. Here, here's what I here's what I'll say. I think Sabonis can handle Joker, and then like the it'll be on the rest of the team. Because like you talk like Miami didn't have size. Like Sabonis can handle. I think Joker one on one to a decent level. I'm not saying he's gonna shut him down or anything. I mean the man scored 40 points on him in the regular season. Like it, he he's gonna score, but like I think, I think if you can surround the rest of the like the Sabonis with wing defenders, and like Fox can do his thing, I think this can be a very interesting series. Yeah, I definitely could see it. It's just oof. there's a lot of people. I feel like we're gonna have to stop, and <laughs> I don't know if uh, we'll have enough still until until I see to believe. I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Like, you know, the Kings could be next. They could be, you know, the the I mean, like let's be honest. The Kings are kind of a lesser version of the Nuggets in a way. Like, again, like Michael Borden Jr is basically like a like kind of a, I guess a better version of Keegan if you if you think about it. Like they don't really have an Aaron Gordon, but like, you know, like Fox and Jamal, like you can debate. You can have a pretty good debate about who which one is better. Jamal is probably better at this point. Like Sabonis is kind of like a you know a a middle class version of of Jokic if you think about it, mm-hmm. and then like you know Kevin Herter is kind of like well him and KCP are very different players but that's not a fair comparison but like they're kind of a lesser version and like if they can add that extra wing defender like an OG and an OB, they can they can get somewhere close to where the Nuggets are I think. Oh yeah. Okay. All right, well, let's get to the rest of the topics. Uh, so going back to the Kings, uh, the, they apparently set up a new beam. Apparently it's brighter, so that's really cool. Um, okay, so let, let, let's talk about this. Uh, so Pat Bev had Carlini Towns on his podcast. Did you see this? No, I actually did not. So uh, I, gotta, I guess I got to pull up the – look, uh, I'll, like – so there, so there was a quote that I saw. They're like, I'll be honest, did not. I don't want to watch the whole podcast. <laughs> it seems absolutely <laughs> insufferable to listen to. Uh, but basically, Towns was saying, by the time I'm done, I'm I'm retired. Something along these lines. It's not the exact quote. Hmm. They're gonna talk about me that I changed the game. Oh, that's where that quote came from. Okay, yeah, I definitely remember seeing that quote. Um, out on uh, I think Reddit before you know all the shutdown, but uh. Yeah. <laughs> so 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 here's my question. Do you want to buy low right now on him changing the game? Because his value is as low as it's gonna get right now. <laughs> like you like you can you can be like one of the earliest to say, you know what? Carlin Towns will change the game. I mean, what what else does he have left? Like he has shown whatever he has for the past how many years now? And it's still the same, like, output. Like, I mean, he's no, like, how would I even compare him? Like, sure. I mean, there's a lot more guys that have changed the team more than what Carney Anthony Towns has done for the Wolves at this point. Uh, so, I, I mean, like, Anthony Edwards has changed the Wolves more than he has at this point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, what are we talking about? <laughs> I, like, I don't I don't know. It's just 
look, I, I love the confidence. I appreciate the confidence to say this. And like Pat Bev is great at this. He's good at gassing d- dudes up. Come on, bro. You ain't changed shit. <laughs> you kidding me? No. Well, he, I mean, he can't even help the Wolves get farther than he has done for. Like I said, I don't even know how many years he's been and, on the Wolves at and, this point. And, and again, I didn't, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I think there was one part where he was saying he's up there with like Jokic and Embiid oh, and those guys. Oh, 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 uh, oh, oh. Sure. Yeah, I don't think you're better than some bonus. I'll just say that. Oh my god. I, I don't think you're even close to even where Sabonis is at this point. Um, so yeah, just every time I hear him, just like shut the fuck up. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Like, you're like, you're not look, Jimmy Butler was right. This dude is fucking soft. This dude is an idiot. <laughs> this dude's not a winner. Yeah. Uh, I mean. If he went, somehow wins MVP, I mean, maybe my opinion will change. But other than that, in like, the NBA, <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's not going to happen for sure. But if it does, I, I still don't think in my the opinion NBA? will change. <laughs> you, I'm pretty sure he he's still going to stick in the NBA for a little while longer. You talking about MVP in the NBA? <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. It's a big if, but this, I there's don't... probably a clause in his contract that probably says he he gets a bonus if he wins the MVP. It, it better be a big bonus if that's the case, because I cannot see how he's gonna be able to achieve that. Look, he's a fine player. He needs to fine tune a lot of things, and he and like it, it's clear he's not he's not the guy to change a franchise. Granted. Someone brought up the so people bring up a good point. Like it is the Timberwolves. Like KG was barely able to turn this team into a winner. This is a cursed franchise. Mm. And like it really should not be on his shoulders to fix everything. But Ant has done it. Ant is that guy. And at a certain point, he needs to be able to do the glue guy stuff. And he's and he's not done that. It is just it's just annoying to kind of hear like this guy be this delusional. And granted, Kind of love it to a certain degree. Like, sure, talk your shit, but better be able to eat shit when you fucking lose, which he's going to be eating a lot of shit. But it's just, my God, like that level of delusion. Incredible stuff. Batman yeah. does that to you, man. Batman does that. <laughs> well, we'll have to see. I mean, he's still what? Yeah, he's still pretty young, I'd say. Like, 27. 27, yeah. He has time to prove himself and to what extent. I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to be much after, you know, all this time here in the NBA that he's has shown. So, I mean, if he can at least be that guy to help Ant and whoever else in the Timberwolves to close to being a championship contenders, I mean, go for it, I guess. And here is the unfortunate thing. Even if he does turn to that guy, you still have to worry. You still have to figure out the Gobert stuff. Yeah, that that is that's that's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's rough. Uh, okay, so this is uh, the other important th- thing uh, regarding cat. So rival executives. Uh, so I listened to the John Krasinski show. Great show. Not 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 the one I think from the Office, uh, the one that covers the Timberwolves. Um, John Krasinski talked about rival executives think that Towns will be traded in the coming weeks. 
Although if you listen to cats people and people inside the wolves, they do want to run it back. So, you know, and he has said he has said in the past, like if like if this go bear and cat thing doesn't work out, cat is going to be the one on the trading block just because he actually has value. Mm. So what we'll to see? They're probably going to try and run this back and just like because towns got injured this year, so they didn't get a big enough sample size. I think they got plenty, <laughs> but you know, I'm not close to the team. Like, you know, I'm watching it from afar and maybe they can get this to work. Who knows? Yep. I guess we'll have to see. Okay. Next piece of news. So uh, the Pelicans are apparently looking to move up in the draft so that they can draft, draft Scoot Henderson. Ooh. Now, the reason why I bring this up, we had the Zion scandal very recently. So do you think they are going to trade Zion for this, whether it's this two or the three pick, do you think it's going to happen? Ooh. <laughs> Is it Zion, just straight up Zion for the pick? I imagine you'll need some salary filler in there. Yeah. Um. Ooh, man. I you know, the more I think about it, I'm pretty 50-50 about it. I would I would lean towards like saying no, but I mean with his injury history and I mean the off the court stuff, it's yeah, it's been pretty crazy for the past week into yeah. Did you see the do you see the um the, the, the memes with him and Ja? They're gonna they're gonna was it create a doc called guns and buns? Oh God, <laughs> that that's pretty funny. <laughs> that, that's that's a good one. I like that one. Well, let me think. If, so it would be Charlotte. Um, yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte or Portland. And if you're wondering, like, what's over there in Portland? Apparently, uh, highest uh, strip club per capita in the oh. country. Oh. oh. <laughs> now doesn't mean doesn't mean they have the most. Uh, doesn't mean they have the most strip clubs, but they do have a lot. Yeah. And you know, compared to the. Um, the the uh, population apparently there's a lot there's a lot of strip clubs mm. uh, well that i don't think that's gonna be a swing factor not gonna lie i mean zion's just gonna do zion things and probably fly someone to, to him wherever he my goes my god my god that man is simping man like it's just <laughs> the way he talks like yeah the man doesn't like he does he's not much of a He's not suave about it. I'll just say that he's he's very, very novice when it comes to flirting. No, no offense I mean, to him. He's like, not going to go too deep into it, but you know, I mean, he may look like a grown man, but he he is he a young. He's young. a young. He's a young boy at heart. He oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, like some I mean, of the Snapchat videos, just wow. It's like just yeah, this dude's just straight up stupid. I mean, when you give a man millions, I mean, he's going to do what he wants to use those millions for. And that is definitely something he would do. <laughs> I mean, have you seen those transactions to, uh, I don't even know what her name was, to be honest. I forgot. It starts with an M. I, yeah, it, it escapes me right now. I think it's Mariah something. Mariah Mills, I think yeah. is his name. But, uh, I mean, what was it? 100K a month or something like that? Yeah. I mean, you look, you you got that. Look, I'm not going to judge you how, how you make that or what do you do with your money, but man, just 
Oh, okay. Yeah, he, he he's a, he's an interesting thing. But here, so if you're Charlotte, would you tr- would you trade the your pick for Zion? I would say no, <laughs> just because. I mean, like I said, his health. I don't know how much of an issue it would be uh, when he does join, and you know, Charlotte's not the greatest in terms of health as well. It's not um, a great, not a great culture. Like that was that would be the biggest thing I would worry about. You're trading him to another shit culture of like on the team. Like mm. that's not gonna help him. No, yeah. And so. by the by the way, the, if the rumors are true that they're planning to draft Brandon Miller. At oh, two? Yeah, at two. Oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> Lord have mercy, Charlotte fans. Oh boy. I pray, I pray for you guys. Like, don't get me wrong, Brandon Miller is good. I would take Scoot Henderson in a heartbeat. Like, uh, if you draft Brandon Miller, like you, you have the you have the gun incident with him. You have Miles Bridges, who is probably going to come back, and then you still have all that bullshit going on. And like, it's just like Scoot Henderson is probably he's going to be your culture guy. Like from what I, from what I've heard, he's incredible personality. He is a leader. Like that is the guy that is going to probably fix your culture. You're gonna change the culture. He's gonna be your aunt Edwards, but instead you're gonna draft Brandon Miller, who rumors are is kind of an idiot. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just saying, like, Lord have mercy. I pray for you guys if you guys draft Brandon Miller, who who could be good, and who probably will be good, but that's that's really stupid <laughs> if, I mean, if they do it. I mean, hey, it fits the culture in Charlotte. <laughs> Why not get another guy that fits the same, uh, you know, energy? Yeah, boy. Yeah, they might be just better off trading for Zion. What about Portland? Do you think Portland should trade for Zion? With where do they have left? I mean, they have well, they can they can trade. I mean, like they can trade the three pick, and if they want to, they can just include Anthony Simons. And then who's left? <laughs> like, well, you you have Jeremy Grant there, who probably will resign. And and then what? <laughs> like and Shane Shane Sharp? Eh, eh. Eh, I mean. Maybe he'll blow up this uh, next season. We'll see. Look, he's he's good. I like him. Yeah, he's 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 really good. I'd say, like, just straight up, um, you know, coming from high school. <laughs> but uh, he technically did go to Kentucky. You know, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, he sure. maybe he maybe he actually went to classes. We know he didn't play. Maybe he actually went to classes. Sure, <laughs> but um, what I was about to say. I mean. It's, I don't know. I mean, they could do it, but building around those three guys, I feel like is uh, could be tough. Not gonna lie. Look, the logic. I like. Look, I I was always anti tanking for the Kings. I get it. Like you know, Dame is Dame has been your team for so long. And like you know, I, I honestly think tanking can be can be a bit of a scam. Like it's not something that works all the time. Ask Detroit. <laughs> um, like it's not something that really works, and is more or less just an almost an excuse to give to your front office. Oh, we don't have to do anything right. We just have to keep losing and get high picks, and then rip money. Basically, essentially, that's kind of that's kind of what it usually ends up being. I, I don't know. I. I I I would I'm usually the anti-tanker. 
I think I think the right move is to just tr- trade trade Dame because I don't see how you can get enough like defense and like I don't know how you can get enough pieces with him on the team. Like he's taking too much of the cap, and you guys don't really have assets to really get you anything good. Like you can actually talk me into like trading the third pick for Jalen Brown. Like hmm. that could work. Now that's interesting. Yeah, that is. So I don't even know if that gets you over the hump, but like it's just. You're gonna need a you're gonna need something amazing, and I don't know if if you can actually do it with Dane on the team. Mm. Yeah, it's gonna be tough, but we'll we'll definitely have to see about um Portland situation because I feel like I wouldn't say blowing it up, but starting young again uh, would not necessarily change anything, but have a it's like a kind of a fresh start i guess because like i said dame has been that team for so long that i mean he's done what he could really for that team and i think it needs to have a a shift to the younger guys at this moment yeah okay uh so last thing i want to talk well last two things really quickly uh bobby clintman has withdrawn from the draft uh, we went over him on last episode. Unfortunately, he will not <laughs> be in the draft anymore. He will be uh, going into the draft next year instead, where he will likely be a little bit higher um, on the board. So, yeah, there's that. And uh, last thing I want to talk about, um, shout out to A's fans for doing their reverse boycott to um, say, you know, chanting sell the team. Unfortunately, it was off or not because it looks like it looks like um, Robert Manfred has gotten the authorization and got basically it's just about a done deal that they're moving to las vegas there might be some there's still like some votes that are going to happen but more than likely they're going to be moving to las vegas but you know shout out to ace fans you guys came out in droves to protest john fisher your dog shit your dog shit owner um and uh yeah like it's it's a really it's a really shitty situation it's just awful um just yeah just like awful ownership awful rich people and like they put they put this fan fan base through hell and back and now are essentially getting rewarded for it by getting a new stadium in las vegas to dumbasses who just who will just you know bend over backwards to bring a team bring a team over to their city and just kowtow to whatever demands that they have just Instead of just saying, hey, how about fuck you and you pay for your own stadium, you rich fuck. <laughs> you cheap bastard. Yeah, I mean, Vegas taking all the Oakland teams besides the Warriors, of course. But uh, yeah, I mean, wish them luck because from for I don't know how many years now, but they haven't moved the needle much. <laughs> and, you know, the owner, man, can can he at least spend some money on the fan base and the but stadium no, but and no, the players? The poor, the poor guy, like, you know, he only has so much money. His gap stock is lost. He only, he's only like $900 million worth now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, hopefully the team can turn around because, I mean, I mean, the fan base is huge. I mean, it's like pretty much second to uh, San Francisco for sure in terms of, uh, you know, uh MLB fans around here i'd say because uh, yeah not saying much i guess 
just yeah, I really do feel for the fan base that has stayed so loyal and like they're they're gonna lose their team and the fan base is gonna die. A lot of the fan base is gonna die with it, unfortunately. And you know, like it, it sucks for you know, for like uh, granted, I didn't really go through the uh, the Kings relocation stuff, but like knowing how much like the Kings mean to the city of Sacramento, like for Oakland to lose all their teams that way, like it is it is heartbreaking in a way and. I hope they get there. I hope, you know, hope, I hope like justice is served at some point. I don't know. Like, it's just like the way, the way the world works, like they'll probably get away with it, but it's like, what is going on? You know, like at some point, just, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, we'll see where this team goes and for sure. I'm, I'm willing to bet it's going to be a lot better than what has happened in Oakland for sure. Yeah, to a certain degree, I hope this team fa- like falls flat on their face in Vegas. Oh. I, mean, the Ra- I mean, the Raiders aren't doing any any good in Vegas. Yeah, didn't did, didn't a guy didn't a player like get into a huge accident and kill somebody? Jeez, I feel I feel like there's a uh, a lot of the times that has happened, but I I don't remember if it was specifically a Raiders player to be honest. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. It's 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 a tough situation. Um, you know, rich assholes who wrote, who are too cheap to pay for their to pay their players and then just fuck over the fans the way like in this way. Just you you hate to see it. You really do. Yeah. Hey, at least they got Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, no, I'm, I was talking about the A's, but oh. <laughs> But yeah. I mean, like I've heard, I've heard bad things about Oakland too, or not Oakland, um, the Raiders. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure where they're gonna go. So hopefully, it's not gonna be the same for the A's. And then again, I, I don't follow the MLB that much, especially you know the A's. So, I mean, as long as they, I mean, what? How I say it? I guess win more games other than saying in the bottom of their division. I guess that's a win-win. Mm, I guess what what whatever works. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know enough about baseball. I just want to talk about it. It, it sucks for a, te- a city to lose their team like that. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, last thing, just uh, before before we uh end this ep- uh episode, um. Sasha Vazinkov is fine. He played he played uh, in the last two games of the Greek finals and they beat the Olympiakos beat the shit out of the uh, opposing team. It doesn't say like I'm looking, reading a tweet. It doesn't say what team they beat. They beat them so bad. They were up 28 with 246 to go and fans started throwing smoke bombs and flares into the uh, onto the court. Yeah. I mean, Europeans. And, and I thought "fuck Trey Young" was a little bit much when he was in New York. Yeah, overseas they're built. They're they're different. Yeah, I mean, I guess security doesn't really check for flares. So I mean, dear God, <laughs> like it's it's definitely a fire hazard, and all that smoke inhalation is probably not good, but it's for the team. <laughs> Uh, apparently the uh, the Antetokounmpo's, or as Sean Cunningham puts it, puts it, the Antetokounmpo's, uh, were mm-hmm. at the game, and they and everyone was evacuated. It seemed like nobody was hurt, which is good. So, but 
yeah, stay safe out there if you're at these games. Like, man, these these overseas crowds are insane. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, hope you know, Sasha, just letting you know, like, over here in the NBA in Sacramento, the worst that the other team can do, or the worst that can happen in Sacramento is that they boo you when you're playing bad. That's about it. Oh, yeah. Unless somehow you pick a fight in-game. That's... I mean, even then, it. nobody throws stuff, like, anymore onto the court. Like, it's... No. Yeah, it is very tame over here compared to overseas. Yeah. I mean, we have Puke Gate. We have probably Beater Spillage. Yeah, but they're, they're, you know, bombs. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Probably was not probably going that far. (laughs) It it doesn't, yeah, it just doesn't happen here. So, Uh, well, anyways, that's all I have on my dog. Anything else you want to quickly go over? Or should we just call it an episode? I mean, we... We talked quite a while, I think, not gonna lie. Yeah, so it sounds like you have nothing. So yeah. let's yeah. call let's call it an episode. I have nothing else. So um yeah, we are preparing the Naruto episode. Uh we just recorded the first part, so stay tuned for that. Uh this will be the last draft episode. We'll try and uh, have maybe one more episode before the draft actually happens. So yeah, stay tuned for all of that. Uh until then, we'll keep keep posted and uh we'll catch you guys back on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.